When you stop and think about how our world is changing, how America is changing, you have to wonder, is it a positive or a negative change? It is, of course, a matter of opinion. And with over 330 million Americans, there are at least that many opinions. So it is up to you to decide which opinion appeals to you. Some media outlets will try to shape your opinion with propaganda and even outright lies or fake news. This is the Truth Hurts program, where I give you what I believe is the most important opinion of all, mine. My name is Steve Z. so sit back and relax and enjoy listening. You might even learn something. And through your feedback, I too might learn something. Good afternoon, everybody. This is the Truth Hurts program for Wednesday, Hump Day, November the 4th, 2020, the day after Election Day. I'm your host, Steve Z, and they're still counting votes. And if you read Facebook and other social media accounts, you'll see that Donald Trump said there would be widespread fraud, and it appears that he may indeed be correct. According to some posts on social media platforms, the state of Wisconsin has already counted more votes than it has registered voters. Now, this is being disputed. They're saying that the network, which will not be mentioned here, the network made a comment that there were a certain number of registered voters in Wisconsin, and then they put up the number of votes being tallied and it was far higher than the number of registered votes that they had listed. Apparently, they had listed a 2018 registered voter count. The fact is they may not actually have more votes than registered voters. But even if it's dead even number, you're telling me that each and every registered voter in the state of Wisconsin got up and actually voted? I find that hard to believe. Even in an election with such high turnout percentages, it is difficult to believe that 100%, much less 104%, of the population of that state actually got out and voted. And before we get too deeply into the weeds about politics, I want to mention that we are still in the throes of the Atlantic hurricane season. Major Hurricane Ada, E-T-A, is now ravaging Nicaragua and Honduras as a Category 4 storm, and is likely to make a U-turn heading back out into the Gulf of Mexico, possibly making landfall in Florida. Just amazing in a year that does not feel like it will ever, ever end. So of course we pray for those people in Honduras and the Florida area. Hopefully this storm will not come back and do a tongue lashing on Florida. Speaking of tongue lashing, Gropey, mopey, dopey, sleepy, creepy Joe Biden had a message for Donald Trump, and it was... It's time for Donald Trump to pack his bags and go home. Yeah, well, I don't think that is his right to say. Joe Biden, the gift of gaff that keeps on giving. You are listening to the Truth Hurts program with your host, Steve Z. I want to play this, even though the election is technically over and there's no more voting, theoretically, except for those votes that are going to be magically appearing 
in some Democrat counting tables. This was from Students for Trump, and it features a metrosexual, effeminate-looking Caucasian fella and an African-American gentleman wearing a green, black, red, purple, and yellow jacket and a red baseball cap that says, Make America Great Again. Just take a listen. This was some pretty interesting stuff. Hey, I'm a Biden voter. That's the white guy. Hey, I'm a Trump voter. That's the black guy. Excuse me? Don't you know that Donald Trump is a racist? Am I black? What? Did I stutter? (laughs) I don't don't know how to answer that. Joe Biden seems to think I'm not black, so... Uh, No, Joe Biden would never say that. You don't say. So he pulls out his cell phone and says... But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. Joe Biden loves diversity. Well, Joe Biden also seems to think black people are not diverse. Okay, that's just not true. Pulls out his phone again. What you all know, but most people don't know, unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community. He didn't mean that. Do I like I'm on cocaine? Like, am I on cocaine? What? Well, Joe Biden seems to think, when he gets confused, he seems to think that black people are on cocaine. No, no way. So he pulls out his phone again. Have you taken a cognitive No, I haven't taken a test. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not. What do you think, huh? Are are you a junkie? What do you say? So, what is it? Am I black? Are black people diverse? Am I on crack? And the white guy slithers away. My president would never say that stuff. And the black guy says, my president would never say that stuff. Think American. Turning Point Action is responsible for the content of this advertisement. I just thought that was a pretty well-produced commercial. Little too little, too late, I guess you could say. And having been away from the actual studio for the last few days, I haven't had a chance to play some of Joe Biden's latest gaffes. Now, the one I'm about to play is where he says he will lead an effective strategy to mobilize. And it's totally illegible. He threw together a bunch of syllables of non-existent words. So I'm going to play that for you, followed by Jim Carrey, the comedian, during the movie Liar Liar. How appropriate for gropey Joe Biden. Here we go. Take a listen. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. Let's hear it again. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. 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 What the hell did he say? Nobody knows to this day, and no one questioned him on it. No one in the mainstream media, at least. Joseph Stalin, the leader of Russia at one time, said, quote, The people who cast the votes decide nothing. The people who count the votes decide everything. Think about that. The comedian Larry the Cable Guy tweeted, 
I've just invited several friends over for a series of election result watch parties starting this Friday and then every Friday for the next six weeks with a special appearance by Christopher Cross, the drummer for Boz Skaggs, and the tribute band Molly's Hatchet. <laughs> Get her done. Thank you, Larry. We needed to hear that today, that's for sure. Watching the news today makes it feel like the entire country is waiting for an STD test result. Just saying. And strangely enough, overnight, the state of Michigan, while you slept, happened to find 138,339 previously unseen ballots. And they all, every one of them, happened to be for Joe Biden. You know, that's statistically improbable and damn near impossible, right? In fact, trending overnight, both Michigan and Wisconsin were solidly red. The trend, the voting graphs that were shown on networks showed Trump decisively ahead. And then suddenly, all of a sudden, without any rhyme or reason, there was a sudden jump that all the votes that were counted were Biden votes. How does that happen? Please explain to me how something like that can happen. Brown and Kenosha counties in Wisconsin are still counting, and Kenosha is a decidedly conservative area of that state. You are listening to the Truth Hurts program with Steve C. Now, the Supreme Court has left in place a Pennsylvania ruling which allows mail-in ballots up to three days after Election Day. They're allowing people to count mail ballots received up to three days after November 4th, despite objections from Republicans. The justices, without Amy Coney Barrett, divided four to four Monday, an outcome that upholds a state Supreme Court ruling that allows election officials to receive and count ballots up till November 6th, even if they don't have a clear postmark, which means a bunch of Democrats could just dump a bunch of unmailed, prepared ballots right there on the top of the counter, and they'll have to count them. Republicans, including Donald Trump and his campaign, have opposed the extension, arguing that it violates federal law and it sets election day as the first Tuesday after the first Monday in November, and that anything after that is invalid, and that such a decision constitutionally belongs to lawmakers, not the courts. Chief Justice John Roberts joined with the three liberal justices to reject Pennsylvania Republicans' call for the court to block the state court ruling. Justices Samuel Alito, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, and Clarice Thompson would have required the state to stop accepting absentee ballots once the polls closed last night on November 3rd. There were no opinions accompanying the order, so it's impossible to say what motivated the groups of justices to make the decisions they made. The conservative justices have been reluctant to allow court-ordered changes to voting rules very close to an election. The court is also weighing a similar issue in Wisconsin, but in that case, the ruling being challenged comes from a federal appeals court, and it's the Democrats who are asking judges to step in. Meanwhile, in Pennsylvania, the state Democrat Party and its allies had sought an extension of the election day deadline to count mailed ballots 
because Democrat registered voters are requesting mail ballots at a three to one ratio over Republicans. In its September 17th ruling, the divided state Supreme Court said ballots must be postmarked by the time the polls closed and received by county election boards at 5 p.m. on November 6th, three days after the November 3rd election. It's also said that ballots lacking a clear postmark could be counted unless there was evidence they were mailed after the polls closed. In other words, tough for you, Republicans. As if you would have expected anything else. Over in Arizona, one of the other states that is still counting votes, more than a dozen That's more than 12, for those of you who don't know what a dozen is. More than a dozen undelivered mail-in ballots were found underneath a rock in Glendale, Arizona, and were returned to authorities a few days before voters went to the polls on Election Day. On Saturday, the Glendale, Arizona Police Department returned the ballots to the residents who were expecting to receive them, according to Arizona's Attorney General. In a news release issued Tuesday, Election Day, the Attorney General's office said the envelopes containing the ballots were still sealed at the time that an individual discovered them on Friday afternoon. 18 mail-in ballots in total were found beneath a rock near 99th Avenue and Glendale Avenue and were believed to have been stolen directly from mailboxes in a neighborhood nearby, according to the release. Glendale police and agents with the Attorney General's office returned the ballots to their intended recipients by hand three days before Election Day. Their office said it was unclear what the motive was behind stealing the ballots and hiding them under a rock. All mail-in voters in Arizona are required to return their ballots by 7 p.m. local time on Election Day. According to the U.S. Elections Project, more than 2.4 million voters returned their mail-in ballots Monday, or by Monday, about 72% of the total mail-in ballots requested for that state in the 2020 election. Isn't that special? The Truth Hurts program is on the air. Here's your host, Steve Z. Now, earlier I mentioned the Wisconsin state reporting over 100% voter turnout, meaning more people voted, or more votes were counted, rather, than the number of registered voters in the state. But that may be an error, because there may actually be more people in the state, according to the census. But that does not say that there are more registered voters than actual votes. Something else you will have to look into unbelievable. Hey, you remember last week when Joe Biden said, we're in a situation where we have put together and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together I think the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. You heard it. I mean, the man just said it, that he has put together the most extensive voter fraud operation in the history of politics. Now, is that a Freudian slip? Perhaps. Is it just Gropey Joe making yet another gaffe with his foot in his mouth all the way up to his kneecaps? 
very possible. But the fact is, the man makes more gaffes than he makes coherent sentences. That should scare the hell out of you, because that is who will become your next president. Kind of scary, don't you think? I do. Sorry if I sound a little bedraggled, a little tired, but it was a late night watching election returns, and I am a bit tired. This is the Truth Hurts program, and we'll be right back. Telling it like it is, you are listening to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. I read a commentary in the TennesseeStar.com, dated November 3rd, yesterday. It was a commentary, and it was written by Julie Strauss-Levin, or maybe it's Levin, or Levin. Either way, it says, You want to keep our sweet land of liberty? Reject the Marxists. The article starts out, Today is the day we find out whether or not our country will remain the exceptional country it is. This is the land of liberty and opportunity, where the precious words written in our Declaration of Independence, as safeguarded under our Constitution, protect people of all faiths, skin colors, and ethnicities. We must not abandon our identity and succumb to Marxism, which devours and destroys every single country it invades. Make no mistake about it, the election is between preserving our liberties and our freedoms or bowing to Marxists, that is, to the Democrat Party, and it is that simple. The Democrat Party insults the American people by openly embracing a radical far-left ideology. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, her squad pals Presley, Tlaib, and Omar, Bernie Sanders, and the rest of their ilk, boast their Marxist worldview, and they've got Joe Biden in their pocket. Just the other day, Sanders told the squad their task will be, quote, to make sure that Biden becomes the most progressive president since FDR, unquote. Yet weeks ago, Joe tried to reassure the public when he said, I beat the socialists. That's how I got elected. That's how I got the nomination. Do I look like a socialist? Nice try, Joe. We all know better. When someone surrounds himself with Marxists, gives them a platform, stays silent when they float a Secretary of Labor, such as Sanders, Secretary of the Treasury, Focahontas Warren, and puts AOC in charge of the climate, and Beto O'Rourke in charge of gun control, it's very clear what will happen. Add to that the document that bears the Biden and Sanders name, the Biden-Sanders Unity Plan, Biden must really think we're all dolts. Joe, we're not dolts, but you do represent a socialist future. The Democrat Party also includes the media and big tech. They're all complicit in driving a Marxist agenda. Devoid of a scintilla of journalistic integrity, an oxymoron if there ever was one, the media brazenly attacks the current president. They deceive and often lie with reckless abandon. Witness the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. Or recall the more recent New York Slimes fake story about President Trump's tax returns, where the paper of an abysmally poor record sought to mislead the public by reporting that Trump paid only $750 in taxes, even though buried deeply within their own article, 
The Times shared that Trump actually paid at least $66 million in taxes since 2000. And here comes Joe the day before the election, screaming at his modest-sized audience in Cleveland that Trump still only paid $750. Yes, Joe memorized the script of the media arm of the Democrat Party that was handed to him. The article continues, Big Tech is also doing its Soviet-style part as good Marxist worker bees blocking crucial information about their man Joe. They shut down targeted Facebook, Twitter, and other social sites when they don't approve of the content, hiding behind some alleged third-party fact-checker. They continue to censor the increasing evidence that the Biden family made millions of dollars from deals with entities in China, Russia, and the Ukraine. And they sure don't want you to know that Joe's son, Hunter, stored a list of mobile telephone numbers of Bill and Hillary Clinton, almost every member of the Obama-Biden cabinet, that of ex-director Louis Free of the FBI, on one of Hunter's laptops. Think that was to send a happy holidays greeting? Merry Christmas was unpopular during the Obama-Biden years. To send that happy holidays greeting to all on the list? We think not. Big tech and the media suppress information concerning Hunter's laptop, so we don't ask the basic questions about Joe Biden before the election. Did Joe and his family exploit the office of the vice presidency to make millions of dollars at the expense of the American people? Did they compromise national security? Did they violate federal laws? The American people have the right to know. We just don't have the power to get that information, and we sure can't force the media to give it to us. The American people should be pissed off by the condescending, manipulative, dishonest games the Democrat Party media and big tech are playing. They insult the intelligence of the American people at every turn, and so does gropey Joe Biden. He acts like he's entitled to the office of the president. He ignores his do-nothing 47-year record, unless we count his friendship with segregationalists, his cozying up to an intern or two, his 1994 crime bill, which resulted in the disproportionate incarceration of black men, his inking of a deal with Iran that provided the world's leading sponsor of terrorism a clear pathway to nuclear weapons, his hostility to our closest ally Israel, just to name a few of his crowning achievements. Just how stupid does Biden think we are with his sanctimonious outrage at President Trump's handling of the Wuhan, China novel coronavirus of 2019? Biden has the nerve to chide Trump's handling of the crisis, and he exploits the passing of those who lost their lives. Never mind that Trump's immediate all-hands-on-deck response to the Kung flu saved millions of American lives. In the classic Biden fashion of plagiarizing, a word which he is intimately familiar, Biden's so-called plan actually steals directly from Trump's playbook. Biden should have turned to Trump for guidance when Biden was in charge of the H1N1. His and Obama's abysmal handling of the H1N1, the swine flu, was best described by Biden's own chief of staff, Ron Klain, when he said, quote, It is purely a fortuity that this isn't one of the great mass casualty events in American history. It had nothing to do with us doing anything right. It just had to do with luck. If anyone thinks this can't happen again, they don't have to go back to 1918. They just have to go back to 2009, 2010, and imagine a virus with a different lethality. 
and you can just do the math on that, unquote. Gropey Joe defends China despite it is the greatest national security threat to the United States. He says a, quote, rising China is a positive, positive, unquote. His typical condescending fashion, Joe schools us, China isn't going to eat our lunch. Come on, man. I mean, you know, they're not bad folks, folks. But guess what? They're not competition for us. That's what Joe said in his own ignorance. If that's the case, why didn't Biden just say in Cleveland that he won't let China take over? You better be careful with this tough guy threat, since he still has a lot of explaining to do about his family's business deals with communist China and communist China-related entities, including his own 2013 meeting in Beijing with his son Hunter, whose company coincidentally signed a deal with the Bank of China and created a $1 billion investment fund, 10 short days later. And again, Gropy Joe may be the Democrat top-of-the-ticket candidate at the ballot box in name only, as I've said, and as President Trump so aptly said. It's not Biden who has supporters. It's the ideology that has supporters. Biden is a vessel. And then there's Camel Toe Harris, the most liberal member of the U.S. Senate, who referred to a future Harris administration at a virtual roundtable in Arizona back in September. Biden even said a Harris-Biden administration. And just the other day at a campaign stop, Harris was introduced as the next president of the United States. Democrat Party voters rebuffed Harris as presidential material during the primaries. Remember, she was the lowest polling person of the 25 people in the Democrat primaries. And yet, they expect the American people to ignore what her own party rejected just last year? The Democrat Party also expects you, the stupid American people, to ignore Biden's cognitive issues. Dare we question his health? We are the ones questioned. Are we to ignore Joe's inability to recite our country's founding document? Quote, we always truths be self-evident. All men created, women created by, go, go, you know the thing. Are we to turn from Biden's condescending and racist-tinged gaffe like, Poor kids are just bright and talented as white kids. What? Forget about the fact that Biden missed his cue two times to appear on the stage the other day at a campaign stop. Then he left his mask at the podium until Barack Hussein Obama sent him back to retrieve it like a stupid puppy. He said multiple times he was running for Senate. He called Romney that, uh, that, that, senator, from, uh, who's, uh, that senator who's a Mormon, the, the governor. He referred to a second Trump term as four more years of George, George, as for Biden's incoherent fortune cookie slogan, we choose truths over facts. It's particularly precious since he neither speaks the truth nor ever recites facts. This isn't all intended to ridicule, but are the American people expected to accept Biden as is? No questions asked? Should we just accept who the media and big tech have placed before us and allow them to filter as they see fit? According to them, yes, hell yes. The American people are expected to fall in line, lockstep. We're also to accept Biden's statement that he and his cohorts literally are going to change the course of this country for generations to come, just as we're to cede to his plans for revolutionary institutional changes. 
But freedom and liberty are in the DNA of the American people. We believe in our republic. Therefore, we must reject the edicts of the Marxist, Democrat, Socialist Party hoodlums, along with their media and big tech groupies. We need not adhere to the plans they have to destroy our nation. We must demand that our liberty and freedoms be protected. We must not concede one inch of our inalienable rights to these socialist Marxist communists whose sole goal is to take a wrecking ball to what is the essence of our great nation. Our predecessors did not make the ultimate sacrifice for us to simply roll over, show our bellies, and succumb to their Marxist regime. The choice is clear, and I hate to use the term existential, meaning our very existence as a nation is in peril. If we're going to preserve our sweet land of liberty, we must ignore every attempt to suppress our vote and disenfranchise Americans. We won't be intimidated. We will not be taken for fools. At least I hope not. Julie Strauss Levin, proud American and an attorney who loves her country, great contributor to that last piece. This is the Truth Hurts program. This program is classified as free speech, protected under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. I'd like to take a moment of your time and play something for you that I find really hilarious. Remember when Trump ran for president the first time, all of those stars, all of those politicians and all of those so-called news journalists said there was no way Donald Trump was going to win the White House. And then he kicked Hillary Clinton's butt and won the White House. Take a listen to this little montage. It starts off with Tom Hanks being questioned about Donald Trump's first run at the White House. He becomes the president here, make, make it great, because the states is already great. I think that man will be president of the United States right about the time that spaceships come down filled with dinosaurs and red capes. With an astounding upset victory, Donald J. Trump will become the 45th president of the United States. He's not going to be president. He is not, Donald Trump is not going to be president of the United States. Take it to the bank. Okay. I guarantee it. All right. All right. There's not going to be a President Donald Trump. Um, I have a bunch. That's not going to happen. Donald Trump will not be called president. Can you imagine Donald Trump standing up one day and delivering a State of the Union address? Well, I can imagine it uh, in a Saturday night skit. He will never be president of the United States. You're not going to be president, all right? There is zero chance we'll be seeing you being sworn in on the Capitol steps with your hand on a giant golden Bible. And then, of course, there's Donald Trump. Donald Trump has been saying that he will run for president as a Republican, which is surprising since I just assumed he was running as a joke. This one, I'll go way out on a limb. Donald Trump will never, ever be president okay. of the United States. I, I continue to believe Mr. Trump will not be president. Donald Trump will never be elected president of the United States. Let's be clear. Donald Trump will lose the election. We talk about him every day and we continuously He's bash him. be the president. He... Don't worry about it. <laughs> exactly. And uh, we better be ready for the fact that he might be leading the Republican ticket next. <laughs> I know you don't believe that, but I want to go on. <laughs> but as far as Donald Trump's concerned, it will never ever, ever happen. Well, at real Donald Trump. 
at least I will go down as a president. He wins all five of those states, plus that electoral college vote in Maine that he's after. If he wins all of the toss-ups, which would be insane because nobody wins all of the toss-up states, even if Donald Trump did win all of the toss-up states, he would still lose. Donald Trump is a here today, gone tomorrow candidate for president of the United States. Donald Trump is not going to be president of the United States. Uh, ever respectful of the fact that the people have not voted, he's not going to be president of the United States. The 20 electoral votes from the state of Pennsylvania, we just got new metrics in. Donald J. Trump is the president of the United States elect. He won't be inaugurated until January, but the word has just reached the New York Hilton. He is now going to be called president-elect Donald Trump. He's walking up right now. You see him right there. He's going to be speaking momentarily. He's got his wife there. History has been made. Jake, this is a moment a lot of people are going to remember. And there you have it, folks. When old uh, Donald Trump won the presidency for the very first time. Unbelievable. We need one more, one more victory to keep our democracy safe from Marxism, socialism, communism, Leninism, and all the other bad stuff that will be ushered in if Camel Toe Harris becomes your new president shortly after the resignation of gropey Joe Biden. Steve Z is telling it like it is with a really awesome DJ voice. How can you resist? And finally today, as we spend the rest of the afternoon trying to figure out just what the hell is going on with the election, the Daily Signal wrote an article uh, by Robert Moffat. They published an article in their healthcare section. It says, President Donald Trump's key debating point on health policy is substantively correct. Former Vice President Joe Biden's health proposal would progressively eliminate Americans' private health insurance and back Americans into a single-payer system of government-controlled health insurance. There's no need to take Trump's word for it either. Weeks ago, the Biden campaign team confirmed that Trump's assessment is correct. According to an NBC News report, Biden campaign officials said that Biden's public option, a specifically advantaged government plan, to compete against all private health plans could, quote, pave a path, unquote, to a single-payer program in the future. This latest version of the public option is the fruit of Biden's recent policy collaboration with the Democrat socialist Bernie Sanders. Their Unity Task Force recommendations call for the creation of a robust public option, a new government health plan that would be deployed in competition against private health companies. The target for this joint effort would include the employment-sponsored health plans, which currently cover 156 million Americans, or roughly half of the country. This is an old proposal, initially a provision of Obamacare, the Not-So-Affordable Care Act. The public option has been a staple of progressive health policy for almost two decades. Today, Six major congressional bills meticulously detail the key components of the approach. Like the Biden-Sanders proposal, these bills would deliberately rig the health insurance markets to guarantee the new government health plan advantages denied to private health plans. Why? Because government health programs generally cost more than they are initially advertised. 
and taxpayers can expect to pick up the tab one way or the other to cover any financial losses incurred by the plan. Forget fair competition on a level playing field. Like the Congressional Bills, the Unity Task Force proposal is a progressive political engineering project to distort health insurance markets, and it is designed to erode and eventually eliminate America's private insurance health plans. The Unity proposal, for example, would create new taxpayer subsidies for enrollment in the government plan and eliminate deductibles for primary care and then impose government payment schedules on doctors, nurses, and other medical professionals. These government-enforced provider payment reductions would enable the new taxpayer-backed government health plan to undercut private plan competition with artificially low premiums. That proposal would thus set in motion dynamics to crowd out health plans and the nation's individual markets and encourage employers to dump millions of workers and their families out of their existing private job-based health coverages. It's not about expanding coverage, it's about expanding federal control. The supreme irony of the unity proposal is that it would also destroy the signature accomplishment of President Barack Hussein Obama's administration it would destroy the Affordable Care Act of 2010. Now, though Biden routinely insists that he wants to preserve Obamacare, his Faustian bargain with the radical left would guarantee the destruction of Obamacare plans in the nation's individual markets. The troubled Obamacare law has already severely damaged individual markets, which have lost significant middle-class enrollment and serious market competition. It is inconceivable that today's costly set of Obamacare plans with narrow networks, high premiums, high deductibles could even begin to compete with a new artificially cheap government health plan. That plan would be taxpayer subsidized and heavily armed with politically manipulated provider payment and premium rates. Over the past four years, self-styled progressives in Congress have routinely charged the Trump administration with trying to undermine Obamacare. Strangely enough, the public option gambit, if implemented, would prove far more damaging as a weapon against Obamacare than anything they've even accused Trump of doing over the past four years. Unlike several progressive senators and the majority of House Democrats sponsoring legislation to take away Americans' existing health coverage, the Trump administration has aggressively pursued a program of addition, not subtraction. The president's proposed additional health plan options, such as an association health plan, more affordable short-term plans to bridge gaps in coverage, an expansion of job-based health reimbursement accounts, and other means. For individuals and families, these initiatives provide more choices, not less. And beyond that, under the Trump administration's management, the previously explosive Not-So-Affordable Care Act premiums have indeed stabilized, though they're still way too high. And there's even been an upsurge in insurer participation in the severely damaged individual markets where personal choice and health plan competition had previously been on the verge of collapse. When it comes to health care policy, Americans must ignore the sound bites. When progressives in Congress and elsewhere promote that a robust public option would enhance personal choice, and enhance competition in the nation's healthcare markets, don't believe a word of it. In unguarded moments, they have admitted that the real agenda is a destruction of personal choice 
and private plan competition, and the subordination of the American health care system into an authoritarian system of centralized government control. This piece was originally published in the Kansas City Star. Steve Z is telling it like it is. The Truth Hurts Program. That's going to do it for this afternoon edition of the Truth Hurts Program. I hope you enjoyed it. I've got things to do, places to go, and people to avoid. We'll see you next time on the Truth Hurts Program. Thank you for listening to the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. This is the College of Common Sense at the University of Universal Understanding. We hope that you have learned something worthwhile from today's presentation, and we invite you to share it with family, friends, co-workers, and even those you do not particularly care for. Programs like The Truth Hurts with Steve Z are amongst our most cherished rights in a, so far, free nation. Let us hope that freedom can be continued. This program is protected free speech under the First Amendment to the United States Constitution. We apologize if you are offended, but we retract nothing. This recorded work is copyright 2020 and is the property of Steve Knight Productions, all rights reserved. The Truth Hurts program is produced at Studio 63 in association with Steve Knight Productions. And background music is provided by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. Again, we thank you for listening.